This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Today we're going to be uh, talking about the everlasting Father. Um, this is one of those attributes or one of the, uh, you might say, descriptions of Jesus that was kind of hard for me to get my, my head wrapped around, seeing as how I know God the Father as my Heavenly Father, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing that all of a sudden Jesus shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then Prince of Peace. So I'm going to try to unfold that as best I can. In fact, you know, one of the, if we even think about the timing of Jesus' birth, and if you could get yourself back thousands of years ago, and what if you were a shepherd, would you look at this manger and see everlasting? Or would you see a child? If you were the angels, how weird would that be? I mean, you saw the angels, you know, and you were created by this God who's now entered a human baby body. And you're going, you don't even know how to communicate. There's no interaction. I mean, you've always gotten your mission. You've gotten your job description. You've gotten what God wants you to do from the throne whom this son of God was once sitting on, now who is in a baby form in a manger. How weird would that be? Would you be able to look into that and go, yeah, I get it. Or would you go, trying, I'm trying to get it. Or could it be just kind of what Jesus said that, you know, he made this mention and the gospels make this mention that the angels long to look into trying to figure it out. Or what about Joseph? You know, one minute he's thinking, I'm just going to be this awesome husband to this beautiful babe named Mary. And all of a sudden, my whole life is turned upside down. I'm asked to move to a whole other place. I'm paying, my, my one experience is I'm paying taxes. And I'm now, I, I catch myself in this manger and I got one thing to go on. I had an angel visit. And through that angel visit, my whole life is completely turned upside down. Would you get it? Or would it be a place in your heart going, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get it. And I pray that you don't come into this space today thinking you get it, because you don't. There's one thing when you're trying to be, is you being a human being, trying to understand an everlasting God, you gotta come to that space that you're looking at God's ways are different. Way different. Back man is always looking for a promo in our life. We want to do, we want to go up in life. And here's Jesus coming in his first experience in front of us. And he's not in a, he's not in a space of looking majestic and mighty as a king. He's coming in, the, in, a, in a very lowly manger scene. None of us would want to have our own child born in such conditions like this. Let the king of kings, the very master of the universe, came in this space. And then our mind is supposed to go, wait a minute here. He was always before. We read the scriptures we'll read today. He goes, he was, even though we're looking at him born in this space, but he wasn't born here. He was manifest to us in a human form here, but Jesus was never born. He was always he was everlasting. Would you get it? Or are you trying to get it? 
I'm in that, still in that space. I'm seeking an everlasting God. Trying to get my mind, which my mind isn't going to get it, because the Bible says that my mind will play tricks on me because it's born in this human space of thinking. Logic. There's no logic in what I just shared with you, at least not human logic. But there's this thing that we call, in fact, when we read it in the Bible where it says that we can have knowledge of God, the fear of God, we can have the wisdom of God. Notice that you got to have it of God. And many of us, when we think, well, yeah, God's given me knowledge. No, there's difference. He's maybe given you skills, like he's given me skills as a builder. He's given me skills in water skiing. He's given me skills when it comes down to being a pastor, or at least I'm trying to get in that skill. But he's given me some skills. But let me tell you something. Then there's the skill of God. Then there's those moments where God speaks right through you. Emmanuel with you. This morning I was with the elders and we were praying. And this, uh, one of our elders had shared with me how an experience he had just last week. And what it was is, um, and he's, he's lives in one of my rentals, and, and so he, knowing that my last couple of weeks have been just really taxing, and some trees fell on my property, or should say from my property on the neighbor's yard, and just did a lot of damage, I mean, to the neighbor's house, and the, the neighbor's barn, and did some damage, you know, power went out, and, and he's calling me up, and he's, you know what he's doing, he's just being such a brother in the Lord, he's trying not to burden me because he knows what kind of burden I'm underneath recently. He says, I just want to take this off. Can, you, can I borrow your chainsaw? Says, yeah. Says, yeah, you absolutely can. Part of me is really struggling because I'm that guy. I'm not, I'm, if there's one thing that always wears on me is responsibility. I'll put responsibility a lot of times in front of many times the, the right thing to do. Just because you're responsible for it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Many times, Pastor Ron has to stand out of the way and let God do something. You know what? Many times you got to stand out of the way and let God do something. Here's what happened is God stood out of the way and let his son do something. And he was manifesting everlasting life. And so going back to the story, he's over there taking down these trees. And some guy randomly, it's not random because God has, you know, he's got a whole new timeline. Drives down in the alley. And if you know where I'm talking about this alley, nobody drives down this alley. They're driving down this alley and sees these trees down. He must have took a, took a second glimpse. You know when you take a second glimpse? That's the Lord talking to you. So the Lord talks to him, looks at him, recognizes Mark, and I don't even know what he must have looked like. He must have been full of sawdust and, you know, in his grind, cutting down trees and everything else. Recognizes this man from this church. And a few months ago, Mark had the honor to baptize this man's son in the baptismal, and his life was touched so much that God pricks his heart, so he brings all of his equipment back and says, can I help you? Are you Mark Williams? This is where it says, Emmanuel, God is with us. We could be looking at that day going, oh my goodness, this is going to be a long grind day. I got Pastor Ron's chainsaw. Where is he? So anyway, we're doing this whole thing. And here's what is, God goes, you know what? I'm on the scene. Emmanuel with us. I want to share with you real quickly before we get into Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. The beginning, or at least the human beginning of time. Adam and Eve, they're in this garden, and there's one tree that's of this world. Every other tree is in the space of eternity and is good to eat. But there's one tree they're not supposed to take of, good and evil, because it belongs to this world. And so they take of this tree, 
knowingly and have been warned not to do so. Why? Because all of us have this gravity to want to get everything we can out of this world. That's what the, the Bible calls that lust. We want to get anything and everything we can, grasp everything, and we're going up. In fact, in fact, it references those that belong to the world. That tree belonged to this world, and God says, don't take of it. And so many of us partake each week things that belong to God and then things that belong to this world. Let me tell you, it's so important for us to understand to differentiate, to understand God with us has a plan for your day. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, God has preordained those things for you to step into, walk into. Recently, I was at the coffee shop and while I was there, um, one of the young ladies, and she's a she's, um, real sweet lady, uh, and she just, she recognizes me, and we've had, you know, obviously a lot of interactions, and she was feeling, she was obviously not feeling up to the day. And she had, a, she never wears a mask in, in that situation. She's just going over, and I go, hey, hi, what's going on? I says, you feeling okay? She goes, no. And I said, and then she goes, well, you, your coffee's on me, Pastor Ron, don't worry about it. I says, you know what? Your prayer's on me. She says, I'm going to believe for your healing today. Hold on to that. Hold on to what God can do. Let me share. God is, come on, say what? He's with us. He's with us. And other people will go through crisis situations because they need to see the God that is inside you, with you, and upon you. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God. He will be called Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, says it this way. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, I believe that many of you in here, in this place, probably don't really understand that. Maybe it's just a word, and, but Emmanuel, which means God with you. God is tangible. The Bible says that faith is a substance, substance is tangible, yes, of things hoped for. That when we get in the space of God, which means if you get into your prayer time, you will can sense the presence of wonderful counselor. You can sense the presence of the mighty God, that he's bigger than whatever you're facing. You can sense it's everlasting, which means, you know, even when you're longing for an answer, you got to realize that God knew it from the beginning to the end. Let's read some passages that will help us understand this. Emmanuel, point number one, God is with us, is an everlasting father. Number two, I want to share with you is that kind of this thing that a lot of people really struggle with, and that's called the Trinity. The God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And people really get weirded out on this. They don't really understand it, so they just kind of leave it alone, put it on the shelf. Let me try to make it really simple for you, okay? All of you are human beings. At least I think you are, all right? You are one species of human beings, yet you all have different personalities and different giftings. God is one being with three very different personalities, giftings, and, and roles. One being God, Father, Son, and Holy 
spirit. Oh, maybe, maybe make, I'll make it a little bit, um, uh, another analogy. The Bible calls us one church. One. Everybody say one. One. Okay. One church. Now, in the space of one church, you go, well, wait a minute, Pastor Ron, there's a whole bunch of churches. I passed a bunch of them on the way here. One church, which means this, God, though there's many members, many different denominations, many different, uh, uh, you know, different languages all across this world, but God sees it as one. Are you guys starting to get it? God is one. Yeah, he has three very unique and separate spaces of, of what they do and who, you know, and, and what they're supposed to do with each other. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that God the Father sitting in the throne Jesus at his right hand sent down the Holy Spirit to work with the one body that being us in John chapter 14 verse 6 try to explain this a little way Jesus told him I am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the Father except through me if you had really known me you would know who my father is. From now on, you do, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I'm the father and the father is in me? The words I speak are not my own. But my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or at least believe because of the work that you've seen in me do. So Jesus is on this earth, and he shows us the Father. As you walk, you see Jesus walking on this earth, you're seeing our Heavenly Father. So we know that he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then next week we're going to talk about the Prince of Peace. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 13. So, all of you guys that when you're trying to share something, I know it's hard maybe to talk to your kids about this, or maybe it's even hard to talk to your head about this. Okay? Jesus, born in a human being, wasn't born that day. Do you guys get that? He was put in a human being form. But he is God, one being. And he was never before and ever. He's always been. So what we see is him. In fact, the, the Bible says they, it was revealed to them. So what we're reading in Jesus on this earth is a revelation of God the Father. A revelation of who have it, what you know our Heavenly Father is. A revelation who Jesus is. But he was always before that. So now you're looking, you're already, I know you're looking at me, what the world is he? Well, think about the angels. I mean, you think, you struggle with this how would you like to know somebody 10 million years before this getting all your directives and also now you're looking at them in a manger scene and go seriously that's the plan that's the plan Jesus was born as a human being with God himself inside, deity inside of a human being. Get that picture, and then that deity just chose to live out life not any different than what you had to live out your life, because what it had to be is subject to every temptation, subject to every trial, so that it could get on the cross one day and say, the firstborn of all creation, I died for you. 
Though it was the power of the deity of God, it had to be subject to a human being's desires and human being's frustrations and all of that and overcome all of it, be perfect in that space so that it could die on the cross. Born deity in the frailty of a human body. That's why the angels are going... That's why the shepherds are going. That's why they're seeing angels go back and forth, up and down in this crazy space of worship. And they're going, I don't get it. I'm trying to. And I can see by the look on your faces, you don't get it, but try to. But you know what? This, here's the thing is, the Bible says the angels, it says they, they, they looked hard into these things. Just keep looking. And God will unfold another chapter. The story's not over. It's an everlasting story. It's not something that's going to end on your hour. It didn't end on 2,000 years ago. It isn't going to end on 2,000. We're serving an everlasting God. Everlasting God. Let me try to wrap you a little bit more about this. In the beginning, John 1 The word already existed. This is talking about Jesus. The word was with God, and the word was God. So here's Jesus in the beginning. He existed in the beginning with God. So we got God, and we have the word, Jesus. They both existed together. God created everything through him, everything through Jesus. Nothing was created except through him. Nothing that was touched that you see was done without Jesus touching it. The word gave life to everything. Jesus gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness was, can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Why is that? People are struggling. They don't get it. Okay? The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus. He came into this very world he created. He was here before. He was always. But he came into this world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Are we recognizing him? Are we understanding this? Are we like the angels going, I'm getting, I get it, I don't get it. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. How did, Mary, how did Jesus come to this world? It wasn't through passion of man. It came through a physical birth caused by God. How do we get to eternity? Through not a physical, passionate birth. We get to eternity by a spiritual rebirth, which means Jesus comes and becomes Emmanuel inside of you. Accept him, you believe in him, you go, this doesn't make sense to my noggin. This isn't something I can get around here. This is something I have to believe in here. And it'll start unfolding. I'll get more and more understanding as I lean into him and acknowledge him. Number four, Again, Jesus was revealed to us to save us so that we could have everlasting life. Jesus was the one that came down here and said, look, I'm not, I know I'm coming in as a baby in a manger, but that's not the point. You know what the point of the manger was? Because all of us think so many times we're so caught up of achievement. We think that if we achieve something great, we deserve something special. 
That's, so Jesus comes in here and goes, look, I want to get rid of all human means, all human reasoning. I'm not going to come in here in some great splendor. I'm going to come in here in this lowly place, lying in a manger. Lest anybody think that they could come to a space, I deserve what Jesus has. None of us deserve it. Jesus came in this space so that we could understand, oh, this isn't anything birthed out of, out of a, a man's perspective. This is birthed right out of heaven. And God goes, I'm going to make this as weird and as awkward as possible so that every man, I don't care what ethic the situation they are, can come to me the same way, humble and abased, and say, Jesus, I need you. I invite you in my life. Number five, eternal life or eternal punishment is everlasting in heaven or hell. None of us like to talk about this, but it's a truth. There is, this is what we know. Jesus is an everlasting father. He wants to be an everlasting father to our lives. But the thing is, is he sends out his love. He sent his, Jesus came down to die on the cross for our sins, but we must accept him as our Lord and Savior. That we don't get to heaven, we don't get, you know what, past anything else because all of a sudden we're gonna live a good life. We get there because we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Matthew 25, 46, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. There is an eternity inside of God. Jesus came here. It's eternal. And so many of us think so, you know, we, we think so temporary. We, we complain about what's going on. Can we get a picture that God is, say it with me, eternal. Say it with me. He's eternal. Number six, Jesus came here so that we may have eternal life starting right now. John 3, 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world as a human being in the, in the frailty of a man's body not to judge this world but to save this world. In fact, I'm going to leave, leave with this passage, John 12, 44. Jesus shouted to the crowds, if you trust me, you're trusting not only me, but you're trusting the God who sent me. For when you see me, you're seeing the one who sent me. I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on a day. There will be a coming judgment day. I don't speak in my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. It is so imperative when we think about Emmanuel, God is with us. I know that I'm going to be in front of my grandkids this week. And I'm nervous. I love them to pieces. I'm like, Lord, I want to make this message alive. And they're, they're so used to hearing it. And they go, that's just grandpa. You know, and they'll even watch me and I'll get animated. But it's not what it's about. How does this message become Emmanuel of them? How does it get into Jacob and Israel and Isaiah sitting over there? Does it get in there by my size nine up their butt? If that's what it takes, then we'll do that. <laughs> but I don't think that's what it takes. It takes an invite by them. Or what does it take? 
for our personalized Emmanuel with us. It's not a story that we're gonna read in just a few moments that's not alive. Jesus came to this world and we just read, he said, and his own people rejected him. Have you ever been around Christmas and it just feels like it's all about everything but Jesus? It seems like it's just, you know, it's just all about the merchant space of life. And it's so hard to get his presence in that moment, isn't it? Or when a kid, you work so hard to buy a present and, you know, you bought them and they got a sweater and they hate it. <laughs> and, you know, you were trying your best to give it. I think I wonder if God, he goes, I, I sent my best and they hate it because it wasn't what they wanted. I wonder how God felt with Adam and Eve. And they got one crazy tree not to take part of. And they keep on getting their eyes on that. You know, unless we judge them too harshly, how many times have we had our eyes on things that we thought, oh, if I had that, my life would be better. Or if I was married to that, my life would be better. Or if maybe I was more popular, my life would be better. Maybe if I made that last basket, my life would be better. Are we any different? than Eve in that space? No, we're not. And here's what God showed me this morning. I'm going to close on this. And it's so cool is how God still reveals himself in ways you just, this morning he revealed himself to me. I was with an elder and we're praying and he said, Ron, my ways are so different. You're wanting to, you want to get lifted up. You want to be encouraged and you want to feel the space of joy and hope and everything else. You want to feel better. He goes, that's the end. That's my plan. But not before you get rid of the junk. He says, I'm not here to share the junk with you and the joy with you. We're going to get, we got to get free of the junk so you can get in the space of Emmanuel with me. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? He goes, the cross. What was the first step Jesus went? Was it up? was it down he died and buried and then he rose again he went down first and I go God what do you mean he says that's what forgiveness does when you ask God to forgive you of your sins you come into a space of your life and go you know I blew that God lately I've been very temperamental and I need to give that to God Say, God, here's my wrong temperament. It's not you. It's not Emmanuel with me. That's for sure. I need to die to this. Bury it. Say, God, I put it at the cross. I bury it. And God, I give it to you. There, There may be tears. There may be this space of shame to joy. There may be whatever it is, but I bury that. And then I watch and let God lift me up. And go, that's not how I see you, son. It's in the ground now. I see you lifted up. He gave us baptism to give us the first stage. That's what our life, that's why people get saved and then they get baptized. So he goes, Ron, he says, baptism isn't one time. He says, you get baptized every time. And I'm not talking about a water baptism. You get baptized in a death, burial, resurrection every time you spend time asking me to forgive you. You go through the death your way of doing it you bury it and you're resurrecting it my way of doing it no wonder you can't figure it out Ron because you got to get rid of you to 
to receive me, Emmanuel. God is with us. So we're going to go and close this service with prayer. And we close this every service with this prayer. And it's always asking God to forgive us. I never saw really the, what was happening. It was a death, burial, and a resurrection. Get that picture. That's what Jesus, that's the very thing that Jesus did for every one of us. Only when he got buried, he went into hell for you and me. He took the keys right from hell so you could have the keys to victory in your life. What a mighty Jesus we serve. Amen? I want you to pray this prayer with me. Would you please say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. The way I do it, I'll hurt people, I'll hurt you. I'll even hurt myself. I give it over. Lord Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I'm all yours. Amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.